0: you are listening to The New Day of Hope broadcast with Helena and Glenis Langley enjoy
1: God be the glory, great things he hath done. Hello dear friends, and we just want to welcome you again to our program, and we pray that your heart will be blessed today by the ministry of the Word.
0: Blessed be the name of the Lord. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto our God Most High. I'm always excited to come before you to share the word of God. And our topic for today is what to do when going through a storm. What to do when going through a storm. And our scripture reading is coming from Matthew chapter 14 verses 22 through 33. And it begins, and straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him on to the other side, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled. Saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, of a truth, thou art the son of God. Amen. I said a while ago, our subject is what to do when going through a storm. Storms are a normal part of life. We all go through problems from time to time. During those times, we will respond in one of two ways. Either we respond in fear or we respond in faith but storms are inevitable. As long as we live and breathe, we are going to go through stuff in this lifetime. Storms can come unexpectedly. Situations can happen suddenly and without warning. Storms come in all different shapes and size. Some problems are big, some are small. Storm comes to everyone. It doesn't matter where you live. Whether you live in a rich neighborhood or a poor neighborhood, you will encounter storms in this life. So this passage contains a familiar story of how Jesus walked on the water. And there are several lessons we can learn from these verses that can serve as tools that can help us when we encounter our individual storm. So the first thing we notice is that Jesus will allow us to go through storms. Jesus will Allow us to go through storms. In verse 22, it says, immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. So Jesus will allow us to go through storms in our lives, ultimately for our good and for his glory. Whether you are obediently following Jesus, or living in disobedience. God uses the difficulties that we go through to shape us into his image and to remind us of our need for him and to show us who he truly is. Because we notice that the disciples, they were with Jesus. And Jesus told them to get into the boat and go on the other side. They didn't do anything wrong because he commanded them to get into the ship and they were obedient. So the disciples are struggling. The disciples did as Jesus directed and began the voyage to the other side. But this was not to be an easy trip for they very soon found themselves in a storm. I think that it's important to notice that the disciples were in the midst of a storm, not because they had disobeyed, but because they had obeyed. And Maggie tells us that Jesus made the disciples to get in the boat. And the word made means constrain, or he compelled them to get into the boat. So sometimes when you're going through the storm, it's not because you have done anything wrong, but there's a lesson for us to learn in the storm. You see, in obedience to his command, they hoisted the sail and began the five-mile trip across the lake. When they unexpectedly and seemingly without warning they were in the midst of a terrible storm. In other words, the disciples were in the middle of a storm in direct obedience to a command of the Lord. But how can that be? You can find a storm and be right in the center of God's will. The disciples did. Even though the disciples had no way of knowing it, during those terrible moments, that storm was divinely appointed to teach them about God and his power in their lives. Without difficulties, without trials, without stress, and even failures, we would never grow to be what the Lord wants us to become. So sometimes we have to go through difficulties in order for us to trust God, in order for us to look to him for direction. Or look to him for the answer. Because sometimes when everything is going well, we think we have it together. We think, well, I don't need the Lord. But then he allowed the storm to come into our life. And we see how quickly we really need the Lord. And so faith must be tested before it can be trusted. Let me say that again. Your faith must be tested before it can be trusted. James tells us the purpose of trials is to test and deepen our faith. That's James 1, 2 to 3. It tells us, dear brothers and sisters, whenever trouble comes your way, let it be an opportunity for joy. For when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be strong in character and you'll be ready for anything. Praise God. So when your faith is tested and you have gone through that particular storm, then you will have grown stronger in the Lord and you will be able to help someone who is going through that same storm that you have just went through. Amen. The second thing we can learn is that Jesus is praying for you. Hallelujah. Because verse 23 says, after he dismissed the crowd, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. There are times you have to get away from people and just spend time with the Lord. I'm so thankful that Jesus is praying for me. That's a wonderful thing when I have Jesus, my savior, my friend, my brother. He is praying for me. Praise God. So Paul says in Romans 8 and verse 34, who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, he was raised and he is at the right hand of God in the seeding for us. That's shouting time. He's in the seeding for me. He's in the seeding for you. In this story, Jesus was well aware Of what his disciples were going through. And he is well aware of what you're going through right now. Whatever difficulty you might be going through. He knows. One songwriter says, Jesus knows all about my troubles. But he will guide until the day is done. And Jesus is seated at the right hand of God right now. In a seating on your behalf. In the midst of whatever you're going through. But don't forget that while the disciples fought the storm, Jesus prayed for his disciples. Even today from the heights of heaven, our resurrected savior is praying for us as we confront the storms in our lives. So we are not alone. He is with us. Doesn't matter what you're going through. He said he will never leave you, nor will he ever forsake you. He's with you through the end of the ages. Amen. The next thing we notice is that going forward in obedience is always better than going back in disobedience. Verse 24 says that, but the boat by this time was a long way from the land beaten by the waves for the wind was against them. I don't know if you've ever been in a boat on the rough seas, but I have encountered that several times going from one place to the other. It's not an easy thing to go through. It can be very scary at times. The disciples, they were rowing against the storm. At that moment, it would have been easier for them to turn back and go to the show. But the disciples decided instead to continue in obedience to Jesus because remember, he told them to go on to the other side and that's what they were going to do. Had they decided to go back in disobedience, they would have missed what Jesus was doing or was about to do in the midst of the storm. You see, the disciples are separated from the Lord by some distance. Matthew says in verse 24 that they are in the middle of the sea, the middle of the sea, and they have been blown away there from their destination. And John says that they were three and a half miles from shore. So in spite of the disciples' strenuous ruin, They are not closer to the show. It seemed like they were farther away. It is now the fourth watch of the night, which means according to Romans time, it was between 3 and 6 a.m. And the disciples has been struggling about seven or eight hours trying to make it across the lake. The irony is that they are in this miserable trouble because they had obeyed Jesus perhaps you're in a storm right now. You might be saying to yourself, what's the use of trusting Jesus? And I'm suffering so much, but you have to be obedient. He will come to your rescue. Someone says he may not come when you want him, but he will show up right on time. He knows what we are going through. He understands our suffering. He understands our heartaches, but we have to go through the storm because in Psalm 23 it says "Yea, do i walk through the valley of the shadow of death thou art with me so you are going to go down, so you have to go through the storm you will not stay in the storm but you are going through and when you go through you will be as pure gold amen i want to remind you that there is never a moment when the presence of god is far from us verse 25 says that in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the water. So there is never a moment in this story where Jesus was far from his disciples. He knew what they were going through. He sent them into it. And when the time was right, Jesus came to the disciples walking on the sea. You see the storm that caused the disciples' trip to be made with great difficulty, had no power over Jesus. Because why? He walked right through the storm. Jesus could have come to the disciples' aid at the very beginning, it started to happen. But he waited until the time was right. And when the time was right, Jesus showed the disciples that the very thing that caused them pain only did so in submission to him. So whatever storm you may be facing only comes against you in submission to the will of Jesus. The presence of Jesus removes all need for fear. So when Jesus is around, you have no need to fear. The storms of life always seem to be made up of two elements, trouble that come to us, and seems to overwhelm us, and the seeming absence of the Lord. Yet the text says, he went to them. Jesus came in the darkest part of the night when they had exhausted their energies and they were in deep despair. He not only saw their physical problems with the wind, he saw their inner problems with fear. Because they were fearful, they were fearful The sea was boisterous. The wind was raging and they were afraid. They probably thought they were going to die, but Jesus showed up just in time. Amen. The next thing we notice is that our focus has to stay on Jesus. Verse 26 says, but when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. I'm sure they were afraid because when they saw the person walking on the water and they saw the raging sea, they have to be afraid. The disciple focus was on just getting through the storm. No one should fault them for that. By the time Jesus comes to them walking on the sea, they had already gone through great difficulties and I'm sure they were tired. But because they were focused on getting through the storm, they missed him when he came to them Walking on the sea, their focus was on the sea, their focus was not on Jesus. They had just left Him, they had been with Him, but yet their focus was off our Lord. In all of our storms and trials, we have to keep our focus on the Lord, we have to keep our focus on the one who is allowing us to go through the storm and trial. God desires. That we see, know, worship, and glorify him. So that when we are in the midst of the storm, we have to keep our focus on Jesus. Asking the question, what is God trying to do in and through the midst of what I'm going through? God, what is it you want me to learn in this storm? What lesson can I learn from this storm? Lord, teach me, help me to see you in spite of the storm I'm going through. Help me to stay focused on you and you only. Let me keep my eyes steadfast on you and not what's going on around me. Praise God. So what do you do when going through a storm? We have to remember who Jesus is and allow his words to comfort us. Verse 27 says, Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart. It is I do not be afraid. So the words that Jesus used with the disciples to comfort them are a declaration of his deity. Jesus is telling the disciples that they have nothing to fear because he is God. So he is in control. We have to remember that the one who is with us in the midst of the storm is the God of the universe. And we have to allow the word of God to be our comfort in the midst of trials. Amen. This is one of the reasons that scripture memory is so important. Memorizing scriptures gave us the opportunity to remember who God is, what he has done, and what he promised to do. Word of God not only comforts us in the midst of storms, but it also gives us the courage to continue walking in obedience, there are so many verses in the Bible that will be good to have in our memory bank when we are going through difficulties. Look at what Psalms 34, verse 18 says: The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Amen. He's near to those who are brokenhearted. Are you brokenhearted today? John 16:33 says, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Isaiah forty verse 31 says, but those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not become weary. They will walk and not faint. Praise God. When you trust in God, he will renew your strength. You don't have to worry. You may become tired, but you will be energized just knowing that God is near to you. Amen. What do you do when you go into through a storm? Never allow your storm to cause you to doubt God's goodness or lose faith in God's power. Because Peter said to the Lord, if it is you, Lord, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come. When Peter asked Jesus to give him the power to walk on the water, he truly believed that Jesus could do that. But Peter's focus was on the wind and the waves. So he lost his focus and he began to sink. And then he cried out to Jesus, Lord, save me. See, Jesus can And will sustain you in the midst of trials and troubles. Your faith will never be perfect. And at times you will doubt. But you have to remember that God is working all things for your good. And he is sovereignly in control over all you go through. Amen. Whatever you go through, he knows about it. Because sometimes he allows us to go through difficulties. Remember, our storms have the potential to open our eyes to the power of God. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of Peter, saying, Oh you of little faith, why did you doubt? You can find that in verse 31, 32. You see, Peter got to see and experience the power of Jesus as he walked in the storm. In the same way that squeezing a jelly donut exposes what's inside. When Peter is squeezed by the storm, his doubt is exposed and expelled and it was replaced with stronger faith and trust in who Jesus is. Jesus allows us to go through storms in order to expose where our faith in him is weak. Jesus then strengthened our faith by showing us who he is. The promise is not that the storm will stop, but that our eyes will be open. You and I have to go through storm. But as I said earlier, he is with us while we're going through the storm. And it's a learning experience that we must go through. And when we come forth, we will be a stronger person for Jesus. So finally, our storms have the potential to open other Eyes to the power of God, not just your eyes, but other people's eyes. And verse 33 says, And those in the boat worship him, saying, 'Truly you are the Son of God.' Not only were Peter's eyes open to who Jesus is, but the eyes of all the disciples were open to who Jesus is. You see, my friends, this story is not about Peter's faith but about the object of Peter's faith. Your storms and trials are not about you. What you go through as a believer is about the object of your faith. God desires that you see, know, worship, and glorify him above all else. God will use what you go through to achieve the same in others. Not only is there potential for people's eyes to be opened, to who God is as they watch you walk faithfully with God in the midst of trouble. But God can and will use what you go through to help others who are walking through similar situations. Second Corinthians chapter one verses three and four says that God comforts us in our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those in any affliction with the comfort that we have received from God. So we don't have time to wallow in self-pity or walk in disobedience as our weaknesses are exposed. We must lean on the strength of the object of our faith so that the eyes of those around us can be open to who Jesus is, what he has done, and what he promised to do for us. I want to encourage you that whatever storm you might be going through, remember that Jesus will bring you through that storm. We encounter hurricanes, tornadoes, earthquakes, all these different storms. Some people die, some people lose their homes. But in spite of it all, we have another chance to give God the praise because he's worthy of our praise. We do not focus on our problem, Do not focus on the sum, but keep your focus on Jesus because he will bring you through. Doesn't matter what it is. My God, he is more than enough. He is bigger than any problem. He's bigger than what you might be going through. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So my friends, stay focused. Keep your eyes on Jesus and not on the things of this world, not on what surrounds you or what you're going through, but let your focus be on Jesus, focus on him, and he will bring you through. Praise be to our God. Amen.
1: You know, dear friends, we never bring our programs to a close without, again, challenging you to make Jesus the Lord of your life. The Bible says that Jesus is standing at your hearts door. He says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will hear my voice and open the door, he promised he will come in and will sup with you and you with him. Would you trust him today? Eternal Father and our God, we again want to thank you because we know that we can call upon you when we find ourselves in trouble. You have promised to deliver us. But we pray today for those who have never trusted in you as Savior and Lord of their lives that you would speak to their hearts and you would change their lives, transform them and make them know that you are real. Have your way, we
0: pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. And thank you once again for listening to our broadcast. And if these messages have made an impact in your life, we would love to hear from you. You can reach out to us at newdeafhopatlanta at gmail.com. Or you can call us at 470-929-5526. So
1: until then, let your heart go on rejoicing and trusting in Jesus.